yo, hello friends, how are you, how are you getting on, I hope you're well and you're very welcome to the Sober Mess podcast and my name is Colm and today I'm absolutely over the moon to be joined by the mighty David Farrell who is a poet, podcaster, artist and fellow sea dipper, he's a founder of the incredible podcast Poems and I, I first followed Dave on Instagram and straight away, you know, I had an instant connection, you know, just due to his passion for the sea, creativity, mental health and the natural resources out there and, and using those natural resources to maintain our mental health, like sea and, and like creativity, all the good things in life. He's a great lad, although he is a north sider, but we won't hold that against him. So, Dave, how are you, brother? How's the farm, brother? That's a good introduction. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the best introductions I've ever got in my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. It's all true. It's all true. I appreciate um, it. I hope you didn't mind the north side. I gag at the bottom of yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't bother me. It's not as proud of me this side. It doesn't bother me. Big take action on me. <laughs> you don't get dry robs over there. You get dry robbed. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm gonna say the lads down the shelters. <laughs> like I love that. it, man. So how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, today's been a good day. Um, cool. I enjoyed it. What did I do this morning? I got up. I was on, as I said earlier, on online classes all day, and just good to be away from the back away from the computer and onto the phone for a podcast. But it's good chatting to you, as you were talking about there about poetry and. Sea swims and the, the the gifts of nature to be outside and ask yeah. up on the desk. Yeah, it's all them. It's all them natural things, and I find that as well. Spending a lot of time in front of technology, either in front of my phone or the laptop, you know, and the head does be racing. Then when I find when I just step out into them natural resources, it just relaxes me. I just feel like I'm in me me natural environment. Like I feel like when I'm in front of a computer all day, I'm like a fucking goldfish up in a bird's nest up a tree. Like you know, we've no we've no fucking business there. But then when I go outside, man, I'm just I feel like yeah, I'm just feel connected again. Like. That's exactly exactly how I feel, and but for me, I'm all about resilience and striving and striving and seeking just seeking comfort in this comfort. So I'm trying to yeah. trick my mind to thinking, right, this is for a positive reason. Get through this mm. course; it's an access program we're leaving to college. Get the piece of paper, and then be able to be helpful and beneficial to people down the line. And everyone always says, if it's worth, if it's hard work, it's worth work doing. So oh, that's what that, I'm trying that. to trick myself and thinking, like. Yeah, it's it's so true. And we had to change the way I was thinking as well about it, you know, when I started college and be saying to myself, Oh, I have to do this assignment. Say, no, I'm looking forward to doing this assignment because this is gonna add to my life. This is gonna better me in the long run. You know, when we when I changed that inner dialogue, they actually started to motivate myself towards it and had to keep saying, Right, what's me why? What's my W H Y? Like, why am I doing this? Like, you know, and then keep motivating myself because you said it's it, no matter what's coming at us, like to be able to handle that, handle that, um, you know, as, as I was an analogy about the sea, you know, it's about learning to ride them waves that life throws at us, like, not about running away, you know, how can I sit with this? How can I, like, arrive to this thing that's bothering me? You know what I mean? Like, drag the head and the body will follow. That's exactly it. And I was listening to your first podcast about, about one day or day one. And I resonated with that one. It's the first time I heard that kind of a terminology and I really enjoyed it. It's one day or day one, it's like about getting up and getting it done. And yeah, it will and, get done, you know what I mean? So it's, it's think, a difficult process, but it's worth yeah, it. Yeah, and I heard a great one recently and it's about creativity that uh, 
perfect's worst enemy is done, you know, or done is the new perfect in terms of, you know, that sometimes we can, you probably know the creativity around the poetry, that sometimes when we try for perfection, we never get it done because we're in our heads going, no, that's not good enough, no, this isn't good enough, I'm not good enough, and we never actually get something done because we're terrified of making a mistake and, you know, not trying in the first place, you know? Yeah, it's, and it's great to say you said that because I had a big issue with perfectionism. I heard you said in the first podcast as well. But I've talked to a lot of people that are a little bit further down the line than me. Uh, I went to college and they're like explaining to you about <clears throat> when you do the assignment, it's done, it's gone. You're not supposed to know these things. You're going to have to make mistakes and get corrected. And then that gave me a sense of release and freedom. Of like, right, I'm not supposed to know these things. I'm not going to get it right the first time. And same with life. Try it and try it again, try it an error, but be humble enough to take it. Here's the assignment. Yeah. I'm like at 60%. I'm not looking at it. I'm trying to get 100, but it's going to be 60. It's going to be 50. It's going to come back. I'm going to learn and grow from it. Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? And that's it's it's the them little, I suppose, setbacks that we have that that we learn so much more from. Like, you know what I mean? And uh, you know that we're not expected to know everything. You're not going to go in there and tell the teacher to sit down and you go out and say giving up the lecture. Like, you know what I mean? And and that, that's how we learn. Like, and that's how we suppose. Uh, I'm stimulated by studying something that I'm passionate about and learning something new, like, you know what I mean? Something that you have a, a deep passion for, you know, when you're talking about going on to, you know, study creative writing and, um, you know, when you're passionate about something and you're, you're like, even I've been reading a couple of other poems uh, around creative writing and they've just blown me away, you know what I mean? Got a mad, uh, just a mad connection with them, going through a real, down a real deep rabbit hole at the moment around poetry and you know, art and creativity. And I just think it's just something about, you know, just get expressing your emotion down on a bit of paper, you know, getting out a pen and paper and just writing down how you feel via a picture, via, via poetry. And, you know, I suppose when I was brought up, I wasn't taught the words to articulate my emotions. You know, I wasn't taught how to hear. I'm not, this is how I'm feeling on the inside. I didn't know how to talk about that stuff, you know. And then, you know, as a kid, you're kind of expressing it through different ways. You know, you're drawing pictures, you're... You know, you're, you're maybe you could be acting out in a certain way, you know, but all the time you're expressing on the inside, you know what I mean? And then I suppose at a certain age, you're, you're told not to be creative, you know, you're an adult now, you're not allowed to draw pictures, they're really silly poems, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then slowly you rediscover that creative buzz, that childlike sense of joy of just be, being creative. And, you know, Carl Jung, I uh, always talked about being creative and, and sparking that in a child, and, you know, he talked about going out out to the garden and playing with sticks and he's like 50 years of age and just being a kid again and bringing out that inner kid because there's just something really divine about it. Yeah, it's, it's funny you touch on that because you can see people yourself that they like not say they're, they die at a certain age, they die at 20 and live till 80 and they have that mentality of conforming and shutting off that sort of things where I want to still be young at 80 and I'll have that childlike mindset and, and I'd be free and willingness to be expressed and enjoy life. And it's funny yeah. you said there about feelings, feelings, emotions, and exp- expression. If I'm only, but I'm sober 22 months, and I'm only starting to process feelings and emotions now. The first time ever in my life, because I've been dulled down with drink and drugs. And that's where the poetry you can articulate and express myself in a way where I would never have a thought about. It wouldn't be in my, in my vocabulary to be expressing feelings, emotions. It wouldn't be in my arsenal to express feelings, emotions. But now through poetry, that medium, that platform to express it is just so liberating, freeing, and the experience of it all, and then the knock-on effects of me doing it as a type person I am, whatever, not sort of kind of a headbanger back in the day, and for me to do it, it sets a precedent for other people to go, wow, he's doing that, he's talking about this, and then they approach me through Instagram or 
and they're like, "Whoa, if he's doing this, and he used to be this way, that means I can step up." And the chain reaction is fantastic. Yeah, that's that, and that's it. It's 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 uh, attraction rather than promotion. You know, you're like, you know, people see the the change in you, and I, they said, "Jesus, you used to be like this, and now you're like that." Like, what what have you done to to to, to do that? Like, you know what I mean? And and that's the mad thing that we're afraid to we're afraid because I we, we was never normal since I was a kid. I always felt like I was on the outside of the circle. You know what I mean? It was like my whole life I never belonged anywhere. So what do what do people do when they don't belong? They start to fit in. They start to say, right, if we dress like this, I listen to this music, I talk like this, or act like this, people will accept me. So you start playing this character. You know, you're doing this Oscar winning performance because you're just so terrified that the real you will be rejected. Like you know what I mean? And then like that, you know, even on that road with drink, getting into trouble, you know, just get, playing, being someone that I wasn't because I was just so terrified that it, the real me would be rejected, you know. And then when I finally got to a place where I liked who I was and was able to actually be myself and get away from the actor that I was, to, to portraying this actor, then people started to approach me. Then the normal people started to approach me and are like, Geez, how, are you, how are you so happy? Like, what are you doing with yourself these days? You know, and it's just like, because I'm just, I'm not afraid to be myself today. You know, I'm not afraid to be me and do what I like to do and follow my own values, my own morals. And, you know, I'm not afraid of, Jesus, what would people think if we post this art up on Instagram? What would people think if we speak my mind about something I'm passionate about? You know, you're just actually able to be yourself, like. Yeah, it's it's wonderful that you said that because I had that exact same mindset, except for you you had a bit more of awareness where I didn't, where I had been a certain way my whole life and I'd become this character, this acting had become me and I, I had lost all sense of identity as an individual and I became that street fighting, drugged up, constantly drunk, uh, involved in, in mad situations in life. I just became an absolute, became so detached from my inner self that that actual version of me was me at a stage, but mm. it wasn't me as well. And I totally lost myself. And then to go through sobriety, to go through the 12th program went through, to talk about everything that's been happening my whole life. And to come out to your side and to be so unapologetically now myself, where last year I came to such a profound insight. I did a Wim Hop breathing session. And after Wim Hop breathing session, I got this euphoric feeling of like, whoa, I'm actually so content and happy with who I am. Faults all included. I'm eternally happy, content, and I have peace of mind. Oh, yeah. I'm happy with who I am and every part of me because the ups, the downs, the smiles, the frowns, the failures. And I was like, wow, I'm actually really, I'm really, really happy with how, who I am and where I'm going. And that was the first time I ever had that in my life. Only last Tuesday, was like, that was really such an eye over me. Like, this is amazing. Oh, that's beautiful, man. I love that. And I love when you get that moments of awe where you're like, yes, this is perfect. You know, we've arrived and it's just being able to be so true to yourself. And, and like you said it there, you know, when back, I remember that, like when, back when I was trying to be a hard man and I was, I was so, I was so obsessed with playing the hard man character when I was younger because I was so afraid on the inside and I was terrified someone would find out I'm a phony, I'm, a, I'm an imposter. And like that, going out, getting drunk, getting into fights, fight, getting into fights with people and just acting like such a little arsehole. And the next day I'd wake up riddled with so much remorse and so much shame because I knew what the person I was being was against everything I believed in. Like I, I was like, I was this young, sensitive soul, you know, and I'd not like I didn't I, I getting I didn't want to be getting into fights. I didn't want to be playing this hard man thing. But again, I was just wrapped up in this this need for acceptance and this need to be liked, you know what I mean? And uh, 
And it wasn't until I got to a stage where I was like, look, this, this isn't me, you know, I, I can't. And that's where a lot of the anxiety was coming from, was me just trying to be something that I wasn't, you know what I mean? And um, and I think the part that we're on now, we're slowly becoming the people we were always meant to be before we went, we got sidetracked. And I, but I think at the same time, we needed to go on that sidetrack to appreciate the simple things like what you described there, you know, like that Wim Hof, the breathing and the, the gratitude that you have, because you need to go through the rain to appreciate the sun, you know? And for me, like, I, I, I'm so out of the simple things, you know, being able to get into the sea, you know, being able to do that bit of Wim Hof stuff, being able to go for a walk. And I, I, I went for a walk the other day in a robin, landed beside me and I, I got this sense of sensation as if we just won the bleeding euro millions it was like oh my god <laughs> i was delighted yeah. with myself over the feckin robin landing beside me and it's those simple things but at the same time if we haven't allowed those bricks of of suffering and challenges that i did that i had in the past i wouldn't be living in this beautiful house that i'm in at the moment this house of gratitude but i needed to lay that foundation and lay that cement and lay them bricks of, of i don't know if you want to call it the challenges or the wisdom of life, but I'm, I'm grateful for my past as today. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm the exact same. That's why the poetry and the podcast I'm starting off on and doing and continuing the journey on is like to be able to use your experience, strength, and hope. Like I'm very grateful for my past now because I can use it and flip it, do 180 on it, show people that's what I used to be like. That's what I'm up to. I know exactly what you're talking about. We've been through addiction, we've been through crime, we've been through courts, we've been through it all. I've, that's, I've accepted it, I've acknowledged it, I'm looking at it and going, right, I can move on from this, I, like, but I can still look back at it and go, right, I know where you're at, I've been there, and I have to use it now as a positive. All that negative stuff is now a positive in my life where I can draw on it from experience, I can draw on it to give other people inspiration and show them that this is, it wasn't, you don't have to go this far. If you can quit the journey, don't have to do endless yeah, amounts of drugs, don't have to drink, you don't have to lose your identity, you don't have to go through crime, courts, the madness of life. If you just look, it's been done, but you, as you said, you can only really learn and when you do it yourself, you can look back. So it's easy to do it and say, don't do it. But people have to yeah. go on their own journey also. Yeah, that, that's so true, isn't it? And you have to, I suppose for me, we had to touch that stove. Like not once or twice, I had to touch it about 20 times and burn the hand off myself just to be sure, to be sure. Like, you know what I mean? But I think that's what life is. And a, a lot of the time, like when I was growing up and people were telling me like, I, you know, there's, a, there's another route you can take here. You don't need to go down that road. And, you know, just as defiant as I was, I was, I was always like, no, I'm all right. I know what I'm at. I know what I'm doing. You know, just this self-defiance in me. But that I needed to do that because that was the only way I was going to learn. You know what I mean? That I needed to go down all them cul-de-sacs and them rock bottoms because I think that's what wisdom is. And I heard someone say describing the difference between uh, wisdom and knowledge. You know, knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit, but wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. You know, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, just just to know that, and I think wisdom is experience in pain. You know what I mean? That I have the I have the wisdom not to go down this road before. I've been down this road, and it, it ended in pain or it ended in a challenge. So we have the wisdom now not to go down it and to say, look. And I find as as I go on this path that we have this, I suppose, intuition or this intrinsic kind of radar or compass inside me that's going to guide me. And the more I'm at peace in my head. And the more I can listen to that inner intuition, the better director I am. You know what I mean? That I'm not I'm not so much craving or catering for my ego or my desires, I'm more catering for something more deeper that, that, that for the journey that I'm on. Does, does that make sense? No, hundred percent. I'm I'm picking up exactly what you're putting down. Like the biggest thing for me, and you mentioned about the house, you're living in the house of gratitude. And 
that's my biggest thing every morning. I wake up and say how grateful I am for sobriety, being alive, being uh, my, my neighbor body to train, and neighbor body to think. And I, I pray for my friends, my family, and pray to be the best version of myself so I can be helpful and beneficial. A place of altruistic mindset of thinking of others before I think myself and thinking about just how grateful. And it's the simple things of like you're saying, the Robin landed beside you. I'm so grateful for the smallest things. And, and sometimes I, I forget how great I kind of lose track and go on autopilot. And then it's not long before my, my head goes off, I derail. Now, I don't lose my sobriety or anything, but I know that I'm not operating from the source level. I'm not tapped into the source. But then, I, yeah. then it gives me that ups and downs of reflecting back, right? Are you actually grateful? Or are you just reciting these words? And then it's like, right, think of how grateful you have your roof over your head, you have all these things, and just simple things. And it's not about external factors, it's about internally how we feel. And that's how I know when I'm, when I'm right, I know I feel right. And I know I come from a place of love, understanding, compassion, mm. and I love you. If you can help for others by continuing my journey. Yeah, it's, it's so true, man. And it is that thing, it's, it's to, just to be grateful. There's always something to be grateful for, you know what I mean? Just to even look, look for the simple things. And like for me, it's just, I'm so every day waking up, I'm just saying, look, I'm grateful for, for me, me, for my perspective, my mental health and my, and my, my physical health, you know? And some days you just have to fake it till you make it, you know what I mean? Some days you don't want to smile and you just put that smile on your face. And I actually read somewhere that, when you smile, it actually releases dopamine. So you're tricking your body into thinking you're in grey form. And maybe some days you're not, and you just put this big smile on your face. And, and even someone walking down the road, they'll see you with a smile, and that's contagious. Like, you know what I mean? That you're, you're adding to people's day just by smiling and just saying, all right, how are you? Just being polite. And, uh, you know, just to have that little ripple effect that, that you're projecting that onto someone else to have a good day. And, and again, people, you know, I find the, the 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 loudest message you can send is is your example. You know what I mean? And you know, boy, I suppose from the journey we went on from fucking, you know, whatever paths we went down to now getting in the sea and you know being grateful for the simple things, appreciating the sunrise, appreciating the sunset. You know what I mean? And just I used to, there was a time when I needed an awful lot of drinking an awful lot of drugs to get any sense of peace. But it wasn't peace, it was oblivion. I needed numb, I needed to get, you know, my head was in such a state and I didn't like how, who I was so much that I needed to just escape out of that, you know what I mean? And then when I got to a place of peace where I started to like who I am, when getting that peace out of things like sea swimming and a sunrise, you know, these simple, basic things and stuff that money can't buy, like, you know what I mean? 100%. It's, it's funny, but it's the external factors you go up and like, I would have been flat out on cocaine and, and looking for chasing highs and chasing highs and fleeting happiness. These false highs are, you might see them happy, always sniffed up and always happy, cheeky chappy kind of crap. And it's mad to think that all these bottles of whiskey, all these cigarettes, all this crap, all these drugs, and, and how simple it is when you strip it off back and just think back to nature, back to the sea, and attitude of yeah, gratitude. Yeah. And it's, these things cost nothing and they're the most, they make you eternally happy. And, happiness that is everlasting and it doesn't come yeah. in an empty plastic bag right quickly. Like. Mm, and, and that's the thing you said they're chasing a buzz a buzz that is never caught it's a buzz that is over there but it's like chasing a rainbow you, you can see it I'm nearly there but not quite the next drink will get me where I need to go or the next thing whatever it is it could be this thing I'll buy online or this bet that I'll place or this fucking slice of cake whatever it is the thing in the distance that's going to complete me and fill the void, but never does, you know, and on this constant chase and constant pursuit for happiness. And what I realized when I stopped the chase and I took the war boots off, 
was that the peace and the happiness and the fulfillment and the and the purpose is in the present moment, is in the here and it's in the now. It's not over there in that object and that materialistic thing. It's right here, you know. And I needed to go on this mad fucking journey, this mad chase of, of, of trivial things to realize that, you know. It's mad because it, the best gift I got from the program I went through was uh, the one day at a time. Like, it's like, it's, I'm not going to be happy tomorrow. I'm not in control. Like, yesterday's gone. And it's living in the now and being present in the app. Just thinking about like, 24 hours. When I, get up, when I get up in the morning, I'm sober since I woke up this morning at 7 o'clock. And I, had to, I can do the best I can today and just control and, be, and enjoy the day. And let it flow and be the present. One day at a time is the best gift I ever got. If we yeah. keep it together one day at a time, it's just so... So simple, but it's so magical when you think about it. A hundred percent. Come here. Just what we were talking about mental health and addiction there. I want to, and we're talking about poetry as well. So I want to read this one of my favorite poems. And uh, I, I want to read it and just let me know what you think. But right. Yeah. So I walk down the street. There is a deep hole. Walk. I fall in. I am lost. I am hopeless. It isn't my fault. It takes forever to find a way out. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in the same place. But it, but it isn't my fault. It still takes a long time to get out. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it there. I still fall in. It's a habit. My eyes are open. I know where I am. It is my fault. I get out immediately. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. I walk down another street, and uh, that's the poem. And I just think that's that's uh, you know, it's it for me. It's just like how I learned. We talked about touching the stove and going down that road. That I had to learn to take accountability. That if we keep doing the same thing, I keep getting the same results. And I think Albert Einstein has that famous quote. You know, uh, insanity is defined as doing the same thing and expecting different results. Yeah, it's it's meant to, there's so much in that poem, like that it's just it's so it's so like insightful. When you think about addiction, it's just you keep going down the same thing over and over. And then you take a different walk of life, but it takes it took me a long time to get up and out of the hole where I was in the hole for a couple of years at a stage and it's just like what's gonna give here? Until I became spiritually empty and drained and I became numb mm. to life. I was in that hole and I didn't care if I lived, died, I wasn't depressed, I wasn't suicidal. I was literally so numb, I didn't care. If we lived, died, I didn't care about anyone around me because I didn't care about myself. And it took me to go that far. I was five days awake at the stage when my sobriety kicked in and the last drink went, the last bottle of vodka went, the last, uh, all the drugs were empty. last cigarette was even gone. Five days awake and I just I was so, felt so empty and spiritually empty. I was like, something is off here. I don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, then I went home and slept for 24 hours and, Next day I got up and went to a meeting and sobriety ever since. So that hole, I know exactly that hole that fella's been going in and out. And now the, the walk of life is the current walk of life now. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And, you know, there's a great sign that uh, the, the, the crack the crack lets the light in, the, the cracks let, let the light in. You know what I mean? Um, in terms of like, I suppose, when we talk about our past, you know, you talk about them hard times. Well, I think they had a very hot, hard times that projected us and catapulted us into the sense of awareness and appreciation that we have today you know and I think for me anyway I know what, what set me off when I was younger was I was just so, so sensitive it was such a sensitive soul and I was just trying to numb that 
sensitivity. And I think that's the same thing that sparks my creative spark today is that I'm able to, uh, you know, use that sensitivity as opposed to spark something creative in me, like, you know? It's 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 beautiful to be to come back around from some of the places we've been in and to to share to carry basically carrying a light a beacon of hope for others to show them. Sorry, I'm just burning incense here. <laughs> to show them that there is a there is a light for me burning incense. Is all this is all new to me over the last two years. I'm not be levitating over there now, though. I'm over here. But it's showing that be a beacon of hope and light, and that's yeah. it's 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 funny to see. It's it's amazing to see people. I think spoken more poetry and poetry is kicking off big time and people I know it's just a creativity spark and, and you touched on it a minute ago when you're walking down the street and you smile at the person and it has a chain reaction a ripple effect if you do the best you can each day and try and share that smile or drop in for a text on someone or ask them how they're doing like and, and oh, yesterday I was I don't know if I said this already I was out running and I injured myself with shin splints and I came home I walked home in the rain and I was all feeling all shit I was like oh this is bollocks but I came home and I realised today was a good day my friend Jim ran uh, 5K in 70 minutes, 28. 17 minutes. Oh, he's sick. He's an Jeez. animal. Oh. I texted him. He ran a pair of Heelys, was he? <laughs> sure. He's on a bike. And I, uh, <laughs> I, te- I texted me, Dylan. I said, what are you up to? How's your running going? He's like, I was on the couch. He said, I wasn't going to go run until he texted me. We me just checking in on my mate. And I was just celebrating then Dylan's run, celebrating Jim's win as if it would celebrate me own. I think that's real, oh, true God. unity, joy, and happiness where you can do that. But it's not yeah. all self-centered. It's the unity involved now. So I'm still here singing, dancing. I even put a video up on Instagram of how happy I was with two lads. And that for me was like, wow, this is such an amazing feeling. I'm feeling for someone else. That that's was beautiful. beautiful. Was. Was and, beautiful. That, and, that, and isn't that the very source of all our troubles, the self-centered thinking? You know, yeah. that's what all, all my suffering comes back down to is me thinking about me and my wants and my desires and how can I care to please me? And you know what I mean? It's like, if you think of every trouble I have now, it's like, I fear of my health, or fear of my money, or fear of what people think about me, or fear of my, my fucking, you know, anything that's me, I self, you know, it always comes down to, that, to, to me thinking about me. But, you know, but when you actually think about other people and realise there's other people in the world, you know, it's such a healthy escape out of your own mind. And it's like that thing, you know, the best way to cheer someone else up, it's sorry, the best way to cheer yourself up is to cheer someone else up, like, you know what I mean? And just to be, t- to, to think of others. And there's such a, there's, there's just something so therapeutic and that. I mean, I have to pick up the phone and even just text someone and say, uh, hey, how, how are you getting on? Like, you know, because... The source of all our problems can be just self-centered thinking, just consumed with our own needs and our own wants. Like, and with that, then the isolation can come, and you get so wrapped up in your own problems, and you think you're the only one that has problems in the whole world. You think you're the only one that's existing. You know what I mean? And then when you just step out and just connect with someone else, it's just it's just like a burden off your shoulders. Like, it's 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 such a profound impact you can have on people just by checking in. And mm-hmm. checking in for if they're physically active, if their headspace is okay. You're sure literally igniting a for another person by asking how they are, and then they'll ask someone how they are, and, and the, the ripple effects and chain reaction. Like it's getting out of your head by thinking of someone else's thoughts. It literally, it's a way of getting out of your head without getting out of your head by helping others and thinking of others by checking in on people. It's it's beautiful. Like it's it's all coming from a, a loving, caring place and a genuine place when you're doing these things, and it just has such an impact on the community as a whole. Like, yeah, and it's so true, man. And and you and you never know what someone else is going through. You know what I mean? That it's like that thing to one to 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 the world. You might be one person, but to one person, you might be the world. You know, and but you firing someone a text, 
and just saying, "Hey, how are you?" Or you just being nice to someone in the shop, like you, you, like if you walked in this in the shop, right, and you meet someone that say behind the counter, and they they're they're rude or obnoxious, or you're you're like you're you're you have two choices here. You could go here, right? How dare they talk to me like this? And you react back and give them a hard time, or you could say to yourself, "Here, this this person is." probably going through a really hard day you know because they say that hurt people hurt people like you know what i mean that yeah. like if, if you're if you're suffering the chances are that you're going to take that out on someone else so if you if you meet someone on the street that's maybe in a bad form or really angry the chances are they're really suffering inside and if they need the love and compassion more than the person that's going down the road with the big beam and smile you know what I mean? And you talked about resilience at the, at the at the start, you know, and it's sometimes about having that resilience for others and that compassion. And, uh, you know, that if we do meet someone that's, you know, maybe kind of just a bit off in bad form, that I just even sometimes just, okay, and have a smile and just not add to that because that person in the shop could be 20 arseholes that day. You're going to be the 24th one. Like, you know what I mean? You could have the power to change that person's day just by saying something nice to them. Just by saying, oh, geez, thanks a meal. I hope you're having a nice day. And, you know, something and a smile, something so small but so fucking impactful on someone's day. Like, it's funny. It's funny when you become to a sense of awareness of yourself and the people around you where you can't even get angry at people anymore because you're definitely in a sort you thinking, why are they acting yeah. that way? It's like, wait, I used to be this way. You bought a toilet, like, rest the backboards and and just escalate the situation where now it's like, right, these persons are, this person is hurt. This person is, might have a childhood trauma. They might be going through a bad day. And you're looking at a place of understanding and compassion yeah. rather than a place of uh, knocking heads. Like, it's it's interesting when you get to that stage of awareness. Yeah, 100%. And it's not only that, man. Like, I'm just allergic to like, confrontation or anger today. I, like, it's been a long time since I've got angry at anyone. I think the last time we got angry was in a, in a game of Astro a few years ago. Like, and I remember my head was wrecked for days because if I have an argument now, I'd, I'd be in my head going to bed that night having this, these pretend arguments saying, I'll say this, he'll say that, I'll say this, then he'll say this. You know, when I'm having the argument for days and the person not even there, like, you know what I mean? And, uh, and yeah, so my head's off, so my thing is just peace. So I want to lose my peace of mind here if we react. You know, if we react in the wrong way, you know, this person's going to be living in my head rent-free for days, you know, and I don't want that. So I try and just make me uh, days as, as, you know, just be the fly on the wall, not to add and not to take away. And sometimes that's adding, we're not taking away. Even over Christmas, you know, me, I mean, that has a few good ones that used to say to me, like, uh, that sometimes the, the most loving thing you can do is just keep your mouth shut, you know what I mean? Not reacting <laughs> yeah. the wrong way, just don't react. Or the, the 10 second rule, you know, if someone says something and you're like, oh, and you just count to 10, it's the best, it's the longest 10 seconds of your life, but you'll, you'll never regret keeping your mouth shut, like, you know, just being able to walk away and say, I'm delighted I didn't, I didn't say it in there. And I mean, that also said, you know. Uh, you know the, the most the most sainful thing or the most loving thing you can ever do is just go from A to B on your day without being a bollocks to anyone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, 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 it's that it's that simple, isn't it? When you break yeah. it down, yeah, yeah, it's mad, it's insane. But come here, what's this? Uh, you, you do you do a run, Royce? So tell us more about this. So this is a run, a yoga, and a swim. Run yoga and swim. So it started in October. We made Craig uh, started it, and it's every Saturday morning we meet there at sunrise, and we all do a run, five k run, and then we do yoga and we do a swim. But it's, but the idea sparked up last March. We 
I wrote a poem about sobriety. Craig reached out and didn't know Craig for this and came out to the beach and we got talking, we got chatting and, and Craig was like, was that Craig, what do you like to do? He's like, I'd like to build a community and uh, a community good like one of the people and then from last March, we're talking down the beach, see swimming and then Craig came up with the idea of why a run rise and then he just set it up and then since September, October, it's been on every Saturday and it's just, it's just bombarded. It started off with four people. The week after, there was 10 people and then around November, there was about 150 people there on the beach for running. And, you know, 150? Yeah, 150 people <laughs> running. Uh, for going down for the 5K Jesus. run. Then the yoga. You want to see the yoga? There's a video. You might see that. I'll send you across a video on Instagram. Uh, we made Connor's page, D underscore drone. And he had a drone recording right. people doing the yoga. So Amy was doing the yoga in the middle. Oh, that's and he got, insane, the, got, the, got the drone to go, but there's 100 people doing yoga on the beach. It was just... Yeah, it was class. Wow, that's profound, isn't it? And and it's great, man. Like, like that, like to how that started with you and Craig just having a chat about something that's a good vibe and just how that grew, man. And that's what I love now with the lockdown. Everyone getting into like the sea swimming and the running and just discovering the the simple things. But like, there's no bigger like ripple effect than just something like something like getting into wellness, like something like that. You know what I mean? How fast that grew, like you know. And it's like that thing. Uh, Good vibes attract good tribes. Yeah, your vibe attracts your tribe. And like, you're going to be down there with me at some stage down the shelters. Like, you want to see Can't the crew we have down there. The amount of people I've met across that, I've never crossed paths before. Like, I'm friends now with like other poets, uh, singers, uh, folk singers, what else? Uh, what else? Actors, graphic designers, all these people. And we're all just cr- crossing paths and we're all just sparking with days. Like, Craig Dingo mm-hmm. down there, except the run runways. He's writing lovely, beautiful poetry, you know, Shakespearean poetry. And then you have Lisa, a friend of mine, Lisa's, and now they're doing poetry. She sat around podcast, Waves podcast. And just because of that creativity is, is flowing so much down there, everyone's just foreign and all. Similar. There's poetry, there's singing, there's graphic designs, there's new podcasts popping up. Just from that little shelter, people, people, a bunch of strangers about five months ago, and now we're all close in the community and family. It's, it's, it's mad. That is powerful, man. I love that. But it's I think if you have common interests, you know, and, and those common journeys, like even this man, we're we're well to have this open, like open conversation because just because we're we've something we're passionate about and what the similar journey, like you know what I mean? And I think and that's what I love about the 44 or getting into the sea and the community that you you meet down there, that you're just meeting like-minded people that you can sit down and have these open discussions with. Like you could jump into the sea with a random and just say, How are you getting on today? Ah, feeling a bit anxiety, feeling a bit of fear, you know, just feeling really low. And they're just like, oh, really cool. They always feeling like that the other day, but feeling a bit better today. And I don't know how I feel tomorrow, but just take each day as it comes, you know, and just have, have this level of honesty and, and, and connection. Like, It's amazing you say that, because it's like, because there's no structures really around you, obviously, when you're in the sea, it's like, it's so open, no barriers and anything. And everyone's just like, some amazing conversations, some really intimate, deep conversations. But I might met this person for the first time, we're talking about their, their childhood or their, their life situations, I mean, or childhood trauma, whatever it could be. And it's just open. And it's just because you're getting genuine people down there and people just open up. And it's just, they, they're down the beach, they're healing, they're breathing, they're swimming, and they're just embracing the present. And it's, it's beautiful. I love that. Yeah, healing, healing and feeling. Healing and feeling. That's, yeah, that, that's beautiful, man. Yeah, I love that. And like, so what, like, what you've talked about your 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 sobriety poem? Like, what what do you think led you to kind of saying, right, enough is enough, and I'm wanting? Like, did you have a deciding factor? Was there a rock bottom when you yeah. said, right, this I rock. need to get out, I need to change my path? It was at that. I was on a session for five days, and 
I had lost a job which I didn't care about. I was there and I was five days a week on full of drugs, every drug you think of, cocaine and you may, whiskey, cigarettes, whatever. It's just there consuming. Five mm. days a week and the last bit of whiskey was gone and the last bit of drugs was gone. I sat there and I was all looking around and I sat there with mate and I said, how did I end up here again? And I was just thought to myself, I haven't felt a feeling or emotion now. I feel so numb, not because of the drugs, but I thought about it my whole life. Taking drugs since I was about 14 and I was 28 when I stopped. And I was like, right, my whole life there, I haven't felt any true feelings or emotions. Spiritually drained, spiritually empty. And I was like, except you mate, because you need to go talk to someone. And I literally never, I didn't feel anything. I was like, this is the weirdest feeling. I didn't care. I lived, died. And I was like, this is, like, how can I not feel anything? How can I not care about anything? I didn't care about anything. And I was like, this is the weirdest feeling not to have any sort of feeling. I went home and I slept. And then 24 hours I slept because I was awake for five days. And I woke up, I was like, that's changed. And I went on online, found a number for a meeting in the local area. And I went to that meeting. And then I went to 60 meetings in 50 days. And then I got a sponsor, 12-step program, and continued the meetings. Got, got, got sobriety through, through, through the meetings I was going to. And then my life started at 28 when I got sober. Uh, March 18th, the day after Paddy's Day, funny enough, I got sober. And now, because there was that was, I led five days up to Paddy's Day, I was on it. And then after that, my life really started. But to think back, the amount of years that I had to go through that pain, and not even pain, because I, I didn't process, I was no self awareness, so I had no feelings or remorse, no anything. It was just a strange time of life to not have any sort of feelings. And that's when I felt so strange. I was, I was worried. I was actually got to the stage where I said to myself, this is worrying, that's not worrying. I was always had money in your pockets. I was always always on a session. I'd party four or four days a week, sleep for a day and go out again. Never got session depression, never got down, never got to fear. So I didn't care about anything. And that was like, to not feel anything, I guess this is worrying, it's not worrying. And I was like, this is so strange. And I was like, I can't keep, I could have kept doing it forever. And I would have got nowhere. And I would have got nowhere fast. But he dead or jail was the two options. And then I got sober and that's when my life really started. And it's been an absolute whirlwind up, up since. Now, it's not all smiles and rainbows. It's, it's, it's work. It's really takes work because you know yourself. It, it, it's not just every day is great. It takes work, but I now I have a foundation to work off. I have to put a program in the morning. Mm. I have, have a routine that works for me, structure routine, and then I have an answer. That I'm, I'm a recovered alcoholic and recovered cocaine addict. And to know that I have an addictive mentality, and mm. this is all it is. Whatever genetic makeup I have, I have that in me. Yeah, but that's the thing, man. And just you know, that's a powerful, like powerful message you have there. You know, if anyone's listening to this, you're really gonna help them, like you know, that there is like there is hope out there, like you know, and and that's the thing, you know, getting sober as well, you know, it doesn't mean that you won't still have them challenging days or you won't still, you know, things won't go to your preference or your favorite football team won't lose anymore, you know, all these things <laughs> that we think won't happen. But it, but what sobriety does give us is the ability to sit with our feelings. And you talked about your feelings there as well, that you didn't feel them. And we heard a good one was that, you know, the good news is you get your feelings back and the bad news is you get your feelings back. You know what I mean? Yeah. That we have a sense of, a hyper sense of feeling of, of the highs, but also a, a sense of feeling of the lows, like, you know what I mean? But isn't it great just to feel, you know what I mean? Isn't it great just to be able to feel your emotions and not need to run away from them? Because that was, that was me, man. I was either running away from the low emotions or trying to intensify the high ones. You know, if, someone made, if some emotion or feeling made me feel bad, I wanted to run a million miles away from it. But if something that I used made me feel good, I wanted to multiply that thing by a hundred, you know what I mean? Because I was just chasing that good feeling you talked about there. I just, I just wanted it to, I just wanted to feel, you know what I mean? And using drink, I thought there was, a, I didn't know if I was trying to escape me. I started numbing out my feelings, and then I couldn't feel anything at all. And 
I heard someone describe it wonderfully, saying that, uh, you know, alcohol gave them the wings to fly and then it took away the sky, you know, and that's that was the impact it had for yeah. me. I thought when I drank, you know, it just transformed everything. It made everything just seem a bit better, a bit shinier, a bit more illuminated, you know. And but then it was then the consequences came, you know what I mean? Because like that, you know, it's just an inability to have one, you know what I mean? That like one was too many and a thousand wasn't enough, you know. Um, and it was that thing that constant need for more, like you know, and uh, and then coming into sobriety, and uh, I was suppressing feelings for years, like, you know what I mean? Suppressing stuff for years, and it all started to come up, but it came up in the right time, you know, and now and now being able to just sit with feelings and sit with me, and that was my things, that I couldn't sit with myself, that I, I was numbing who I was, we talked about at the start, I didn't belong anywhere, so I, I began to fit, I just tried to fit in, and then coming into sobriety, you know, and, and you talked about that community that you met, you know, down at the down at the, the shelters, and that's a similar community to me that we, I finally belonged with people that got me, you know, people that described the inside of my head like I never heard it described before, you know, where the, the I, know, I remember when I first came into sobriety, the amount of friends that I lost, you know what I mean, because I, I found out that these, they weren't, you know, they weren't like friends, they were just the people that used a session like me, because I didn't want a session with people they went at home at 10 o'clock, you know, I went to the session with people, I went down on a Thursday, and maybe went home in a week or two, like, you know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, and then you said to realize, oh, nothing in common with these people, like, you know what I mean? And uh, and then when, like, then when I did get that sobriety, you know, the people that originally who used the session were coming back and asking those questions, they're going, hold on a minute, you've went from this to this, like, what, what have you done? You know, and again, it's not about preaching, it's about just living, you know, and that's the loudest noise you can make is living by example, like you know what I mean. hundred percent. It's 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 powerful, like because I, I've got I've got bouts of and I've got deterred in a way sometimes by trying to help people that you can't help someone's not willing to help themselves. And to the detriment of my own sobriety, nearly trying to carry the person rather than carrying the message. Like I can only mm. do the best version, be the best version myself. I can't be the best version of someone else. But it's good for me, it's good for me. And but as you said, it's, it's action. And by me being the best version, trying to be the best version of myself in Excel, it shows people that it can be done. But I, over the last 20 months, I've met people along the way where I tried to help them to the detriment of myself and they weren't ready. And I was trying to carry them and I lost the sense of carrying myself. I lost myself yeah. in, the, in trying to help other people. And I was like, I can't do this. I'm, I'm actually helping more people by helping, people by helping myself as funny as it sounds. But me doing the best version of myself, the podcast, the poetry, being open, being raw, being genuine, and giving the people a platform to talk to me and on an open spectrum is like, an open scale, it gives me more people to approach me. Where if I'm bogged down with trying to help one person, it's not even trying to help themselves, I'm taken away from so many other factors that could be helping out with. Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? And, and see, that's the thing that, you know, like, I suppose recovery is for people that, that want it. It doesn't work for people that need it, you know what I mean? And uh, it's just it's just that want. And I just, I had that willingness. That I just I just want to change, you know what I mean? That Like you, you know, that... Uh, I knew that my, my way just didn't work anymore and I had to surrender. And I think that's one of, one of the most painful things you'll ever go through is just deflating that ego, you know, and that, that, that's yeah. what this journey is, is thinking me. Every day I'm, I'm, I'm just getting a new sense of me and a new sense of self and deflating that deflating that ego like every single day, like, you know, and, and, and realising that if you were to change the word pain to growth, you know, that I'm going through a painful period, I'm going through a growing period, you know, that we're always changing and we're always growing, you know, and uh, the, the ability to sit with that as well. 
I like that. I like that. I'd rather go through a growing period and a painful period. I like that. I'd be using that one. That's going to stick in the arse now. <laughs> yeah. 100%. But, um... Also, like as you said, Dave, when I realised I had to change, I knew I had to change one thing when I stopped. And that was one thing was everything. And, mm. and I literally deflating that, killing the person to death. That person to me that I used to be is dead and gone. Yeah. And the traits, traits can still come about I'm not, if I'm not cautious and aware. And aware of my deep basic card and be consciously, consciously in contact with my aura power. They can come back around these these uh, traits, but mm. I'm, a, I'm a lot better now because of a structure and routine. And like when yeah. I got sober, I, I, I turned vegetarian as well. Like it, it, my body stopped being able to digest meat. I'm like, I'm a big meat eater. When I got sober from drinking drugs, my body's like, no more meat for you. And then vegetarian was a million miles away from what I was, what I was at. I was like, to stop drinking, stop taking drugs. Next of all, my body didn't, wouldn't take meat. Like my whole body went through a metamorphosis. Everything, mm. everything about me changed. And I was like, right, this is this is you. That old fella's gone. Now it's a new fella. You're reborn. The new David. I love David. that. Yeah, it's, and it's man. And what I think it is, man, is that we just had to get that connection in our heads. You know, it's like, say, it's like you have a window in your house and it's manky dirty and there's no light getting in through that window. And then as soon as we start to wipe the window and take the dust and the duck, the dust and the muck off it, that that light, that light starts to shine through, you know. And it's mad. It's like that, man. You know that. You know the 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 diet. You know I gave up smoking after I came into sobriety after a few years. It's like smoke. The smokes gave me up, and it was like my body was starting to communicate with me. My body was starting to communicate with my brain, like in terms of like what food to go for. You know, um, you know, even even like this moral compass that I just I didn't get away with bad behavior anymore. You know, I didn't get away with lying. <laughs> I didn't get away with arguments again. I became, I had this, I had this moral compass. And today, my biggest disciplinarians are pain and peace. You know what I mean? It's like, like, why am we, like, I could be, like, driving a million miles down the motorway, or I could be breaking a lot, or robbing banks, or, you know what I mean, getting into arguments left, right, and center, but I don't, not because I'm afraid of the, the law, not because I'm afraid of the guards, but because I'm afraid of my own conscience, because my head just won't let me away, away with it, you know what I mean? That, you know, if I do good, I feel good. You know, I can do A, B, I can do this thing on the left, and I'll feel peace, or I'll do this thing on the right, and I'll feel, feel pain, and that's going again, but back to wisdom, you know, wisdom in knowing we don't know the future, but I can. I have a damn good ed- educated guess that every time we went down this road, it ended in pain. But every time we went down this road, it ended in peace. Like you know what I mean? And I think that's what wisdom is: is, is painful experiences are is essentially wisdom. Hundred percent. It's like as you said there with your moral compass. Like you do good and you feel good. Like I don't get away with the behaviors I used to get away with now. And, and like it's 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 beautiful because. And he said, there's no more arguments, there's no more messing around, there's no lying, it's just, it doesn't come naturally, it doesn't fit sit with, you, with me, and it doesn't come out. It, I, everything has to be genuine, real, and it's just coming from a loving, understanding place, and at the moral compass, like, I was an awful fella for taking stuff out of shops, like, you know, I take a bottle of Coke here or there, and I eat the jellies or whatever it is, I wouldn't even take it, like, just out of shops, but now I wouldn't even take a cent. I would take a jelly from a pick and mix. It just doesn't sit with me, it's, it's just I wouldn't feel right about doing it, and it's just... It's great to have. It just kicks in the moral compass about life. Yeah. Just everything is on the bar, above, above, above bar, and on the level. Like. Yeah, yeah, that, but that that is, it. and I suppose if you're going to bed with peace of mind, you know what I mean. And and that's my thing. You know, when we came into recovery for you, so we say, oh, you'll have a life beyond your wildest dreams. And I, I thought like I'd be doing a chair on the late late show or playing for Barcelona. <laughs> 
you know, but you know, just uh, you know, just having peace of mind, you know, that is that is for me that's that's running the Euro millions, you know, to have that peace of mind because I've had the money, I've had the house, the car, you know, all these great materialistic things that if I only get that thing over there, then I'll be happy. I, I remember being in the most beautiful parts of the world. But on the inside, I, I just wasn't at peace. So I couldn't I couldn't enjoy any of them things. Like, you know what I mean? I couldn't enjoy that materialism. Like, you know what I mean? You look at the ads for the for the actual Irish lotto, you'll see a man's at a boy in an island and he's inviting all his family over. And you're like, oh, that's what happiness is. When I get there, then I'll be happy. So I'm at the point of condition and a destination on the happiness. You know, but then when you realize you can get to all these places, and if you're not at peace on the inside, you won't enjoy any of them things, like, you know what I mean, like, it's like, a uh, that great book, uh, A Man's Search for Meaning, I think it's about the guy that was in the concentration camp, and he's talking about finding happiness in this concentration camp, like, and uh, during the, the Second World War, I think it was in Auschwitz, and, um, you know, that he found peace regardless of his surroundings, you know, and you can also compare that to the guy that, uh, you know, is, is living in a mansion somewhere in Dockey and he's riddled with uh, depression and anxiety because he hasn't got enough. It's how life he's been chasing enough, or chasing more, and he, it just hasn't filled that void. Yeah, I, I, I guess what I always say is when people ask about sobriety, like, sobriety for me at this stage now has nothing to do with drink or drugs. Now, I don't take a drink or drug, but sobriety for me is internal happiness, being content of peace of mind. And internal happiness is happy with exactly who I am. Being content is I'm happy where I am in life. And when I have both, that's peace of mind for me. And that's my sobriety encapsulated. Like, and that's why I always tell people, like, to be happy with who I am, be happy where I am in life, all the struggles and things I'm going through and working towards it, that gives you peace of mind. Like, I don't have to be ahead of myself. I don't have to be a certain way. I'm happy with all of myself at the moment. And mm-hmm. it's the work, it's the collective amount of work I put through and put in to myself and growth and learning that I can now be that, that content and have peace of mind and, it's a wonderful, beautiful thing. Like. Yeah, it's it's so beautiful, isn't it? And again, it's just being satisfied with the simple things, you know, the bit of nature, even the, the bit of music, you know, and the running, the yoga, you know, and these are all my forms of meditation, my forms of mindfulness, you know, just to be in the present moment with them things. And then you're like, boom, you just feel great after it. Like, you just feel like you're, you're buzzing for the day. And again, you know, just catering for them, uh, them natural needs, like, you know. Sea swims, I, I just, I fell in love with the sea swims as soon as I got in. I went a couple of years ago, but I never got into it. But I went in 2019 on Christmas Day. Uh, since I went down that day, and I went down to Dolly Mount. I haven't stopped going with two, three days a week. As much as I can get down there, then I went to Lower Rock and now it's Port Marion. But there's something so special about that shelter that are just such a draw to it. It's the mm. community, it's the people, it's just the, uh, the vibe. And, but just, and it's all just the sea. The sea is beautiful. Like, I know you're in the sea a good bit. Also, nearly every day I see a different... I'm addicted just... to the sea, man. That's been your addiction yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> Put down the drink and pick up the swimming togs. That's <laughs> uh, class. The sea is... And, it's, and you, know, it's, you know what's beautiful to see now is the amount of people down, down sea swimming and you see families coming down and the generational... Uh, the generational stop, the generational course of... I see you look up to your family table, they were drinking or taking drugs or that old mindset they used to be doing. The old product of their environments. And now you see kids going, uh, my friend Paddy brings down his sons and he's six. And he has now ingrained him going to the beach, to the shelters. And a six-year-old, he enjoys playing down there. And then that will have knock-on effects generational down the line. Yeah, it's a ripple effect, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. it's class. 
Yeah, I love that man. And again, it's it's the community that you meet down there. That's what makes it like, you know what I mean? Like even uh, you know, you know that dip a day in January and uh, between the forty foot and up at the Colony and, and the Voico and just everyone you meet, it's like, oh, how are you getting on? Just having a being able to have an instant uh, a striking instant rapport with someone an instant connection and just being able to, you know, have this camaraderie and you know, and a lot of people are getting into the sea for, I think, more of a mental reason rather than a, um, a physical reason. Like, you know what I mean? And I think that's what we all have in common. Like, you know, and what I go he say recently, like, without out to sea, and he's like, oh, Jesus, you know, I don't, don't always like the man that gets into the sea, but I always love the man that gets out of it. You know, so referencing himself, you know, that's thinking, thinking. We can be yeah. self of ourselves and beating ourselves up. And then you get into the sea. And you just realise nothing, nothing is that important. Nothing is urgent. You know, isn't anything really that urgent right now? Is anything worth rushing for or worth worrying about? Or, you know, just, and then we get so wrapped up in all these trivial things and just bring it, bring it back to the present. And I think that's the good thing about the sea. Because over the years, I had a very, very uh, active mind. You know, since I was a kid, I've always had a real racing mind. You know, I was just a fast thinker. And, and, and but the, the world never moved fast enough. So I always struggled to sit down and meditate for a few years. So I found doing active meditation, like getting in the sea or doing that bit of exercise helped until I was actually able to sit down and start to, to meditate properly and, and focus on my breath work, and, which was, was a complete game changer in terms of just putting the mind at ease, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I always say to people when they get into the water. Like, you're not thinking about anything. If you're thinking, anything you're thinking about is regulating your breaths, thinking about how cold it is if you're not used to it. And you're not thinking about the bills that are being paid, the current situation that's going on. And you're not thinking about anything else except for you're fully present and immersed in that war. And it's just, yeah. you're just so in it. It's just, you're there. Like, and it just, yeah. it's just, it's you just have a heightened sense of feeling, boy. Yeah, there's actually something you, you shared something recently on on your Instagram with Alan Watts. You know that there, there's a price to be paid for an increase in consciousness. We cannot be more sensitive to pleasure without being more sensitive to pain. Yeah, <laughs> it's powerful, like isn't it? It's true, though, and that's why the ability to f- actually feel things today. You know, you talked about numbing it over the years. You know, and trying to just numb how we feel, whereas now we're just being able to being able to sit with how we feel, like you know. It's funny, and, and and I was talking to a friend of mine about she would have had some uh, bad experience, say, with men. Taxi cars, say, they're not going to use it. Te- toxic masculinity or that old staunch bloke or have no feelings, no emotions, just going to get to know her, blah, blah. Well, I'm trying to embrace, I'm trying to try my eyes as, as regularly as I possibly can. Give me all the feelings and all the emotions. I'm like a full-blown addict for the feelings now. If I can feel anything, I want all of it. And to be yeah. able to be that, that's, that's a full encapsulation of a man is... Fair enough, do a bit of boxing, do a bit of training, and and you mean can I can have it? You can have it all. You can have strengths and show weaknesses in a way where, but, but having yeah. emotions isn't a weakness. It's also a strength. Having emotion yeah. and express and talk about it because it gives people a platform to realize. Right, it's, it's okay to experience uh, sadness. It's okay to express sadness. It's okay yeah. to be vocal about sadness because it's a, it's a real thing. And if you, if you bottle it in, you're only going to implode or explode yeah. or go leave the planet like. Yeah, but that, that that is it. Like, and it's okay to be vulnerable and to cry. Like, you know what I mean. And we have to sing our heads out. It's 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 not alright to cry. And you know, just regular regular times when we have to have a whinge now. You know what I mean. And that that's a lovely thing to do to be able to have a cry. Like, you know what I mean. And not being afraid to mask that stuff because it's just an opposite end of the the emotional 
spectrum you know what i mean that if you're a human being it's as normal getting sad as it is to get wet when you jump in the sea you know what i mean it's yeah and it's the laws of nature that everything comes in cycles you know the tide comes in and out there's a winter there's a summer there's a hot there's a cold there's a sun there's a rain you know everything comes in cycles in, in all forms of energy including our emotions so naturally you're gonna feel high and naturally you're gonna feel low and to be able to embrace the both of them and, and feel feel our feelings like physically not just mentally like if you were to say you're feeling anxious like where where do you feel anxiety like personally i feel it in my stomach you know what i mean or if i'm feeling say heartbreak you know am i feeling my chest you know what i mean or if i'm feeling remorse or i'm grieving you know i might feel it in my, my, my down 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 deep in my, in my in my heart like you know what i mean like i feel these feelings physically somewhere and today i can i can sit with them and, and feel them and not try and hide them or and just say look it will pass i'll just let, let these things pass like you know what i mean it's it's and it's class to hear that and it's as it's just constantly learning and growth as you go along and because I love when I'm learning something to, to freely give it away as quick as possible because if I'm getting it I want everyone to get it like I got a sense uh, a while ago this this affirmation came to my head about I am powerful beyond measure I am unstoppable and I have endless potential and it just mm-hmm. rang so true me I came to me in my head and just I shared it straight away text all my friends put it up on Instagram and it's about when you learn about these things about your feelings emotions or get this sense of gratitude or love and to give it away as quick as possible to share it, you know what I mean, and let everyone feel it. And because you know, you know yourself, young lads these days, or we were, we were looking as young lads. This isn't the thing that to be talking about. But I want the people to know that fair enough. I used to do loads of drugs, I used to drink a lot, I used to fight a lot. But like you can change. You don't have to go that road. As I said at the start, it is to talk about feelings, talk about emotions. That's where yeah, the, yeah. the podcast comes in and shows people. Right, look at it. Look at what it is and just share it all openly and vocally and just because it, it has a such a ripple effect. I've seen individuals growth since I've got sober through my sobriety. And then by my poetry, we've seen people getting, people like the fella texted me, he wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me. I was like, whoa, that's, that's powerful, bro. Like, and it's just called me doing what I'm doing. And he's like, I got sober because of you. And then it's a girl reached out and she's living with an addict and she wanted to know what, how, how to, where, what kind of facilities are available to talk to. And she's, she's like, well, no, I would never met these people before me, like, except for the admin on Instagram. But they know that I'm being real and honest and genuine through my podcast, through the poems. They can approach me and they're going to get a genuine, raw, real, honest back. And that, for me, is the biggest part for the poetry. Is like, I'm healing, but it's also giving people the opportunity to talk, talk to me and know they're going to get, I'm going to draw my experience, strength and hope and, and I can give it to them. That's what we think is the most powerful thing from the poetry and the podcast and, the, and Instagram. Yeah, that's that's beautiful, man, isn't it? And that's the most valuable thing we have and the most, I suppose useful tool that we have is our experience you know what i mean how else can we connect with someone on that deeper level is to say look i've been there myself like this is what i've done this is my experience like you know what i mean um and and that's it and being like you talk about like i suppose the younger generation that are just beginning that journey and when you share that um your experience, you know, you're kind of saying here, look, you don't have to ride the train to the very last stop to hit that rock bottom. Like, you know, you can get off the train early, you can hop off the Lewis there that Dun's room, you don't need to go down yeah. to the depot, like, you know. Um so it's 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 trying, I suppose, but at the same time, if someone had said that to me, I probably wouldn't have listened. And if you're if you're if you're any wiser, you could probably take that and say, Look, I've been down that road, but 
you know, people need to know that there is another way, there is hope, because when I'm growing up, I, I just, I suppose, when I was younger, I got such a connection with nature, and I love the outdoors, I love climbing trees, I love going on adventures and getting lost, and just, just that little buzz that you get. Like, I remember having my, uh, I remember having my daughter in the playground there, and, you know, she'd, uh, she'd walk up to, like, other kids in the playground and be like, oh, what's the crack, what are you playing, like? And she goes, oh, I'm playing, uh, just playing this game. And she goes, oh, can we be a friend? And, oh, yeah, me. And she goes, oh, yeah, of course, you can be my friend. We can try to play. She's like, yeah, I'd love that. You know, and go on this little adventure in the playground, play this game. And I was just thinking, myself, wouldn't it be great if you could do that as an adult? You know, where have you lost that? Could you imagine me walking up to someone in the gym and being like, oh, really, lads, what's the crack? Uh, Colin, can we, can we be a friend? He was, he, what are you doing with chess today? Can we, can we join? We can say, I want to be a friend. And they were like, well, what's wrong with this lad? Like, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> He's that. Do you want to go on an adventure down down to the beach? You go do a few seeds. You know, and like it's just this childlike state where there's no worry that Jesus, what would they think if we say that? You know what I mean? There's no Jesus, I hope I look all right. Jesus, I hope these accept me. You know, and then we develop that as far as getting into our teenage years, and then we're just so desperate to be accepted and, and to be liked that we start morphing into other characters. And then I suppose that uh, I think it's particularly for me. You know, I was more worried about what the lads thought than what I was putting my family through. You know what I mean? I remember seeing my mom in absolute tears, but I was more terrified of what the lads would think. I didn't want the lads to think, oh, he's soft, or he's a he's a sap, you know what I mean? But, but it was not, look, you know that we, I, I, was, I was seriously impacting my family with my behaviour. I was still wrapped up with what people that didn't even know me or love me thought about me, like, you know? It's funny, and it's funny that it's it's such a personal level that you shared because you see that on a such a bigger scale of like a social media of people with the platform of, of sharing certain things, showing a certain lifestyle, and like I'm not not against influencers, but in especially staying more in the current situation, people sharing this way of life and pretending it's all well and good. And these people, are like I really put a poem out there worrying about about people sharing certain things and showing certain lifestyle, but there has to be. Are that shallow or is there's bigger and deeper things in life? And to be a real, genuine, raw self is when you benefit not just yourself, but everyone around you. If everyone can just be the way they are supposed to be, and they, they will be accepted regardless, and yet your boy will attract your tribe. Yeah, it's, it's so true. Come here, I want to share one more poem with you and just tell me what you think. So, this is me, this is one of my favorite poems. Um, and uh, I'm going to share this with you and just tell us what you think, right? You probably heard it already. Um, what if we told you a story starting once upon a time and you realised that it was your life, spelt out on every line? Would you hear my voice with wonder as it brushed across each word and pray my arms had strength to hold the truth about your world? Would you view on a life to be different? And would it shock you most to find that the things you have taught to find you could be summed up in just two lines? And all the ones you took for granted and the ins and outs of every day play a bigger part in who you are than you'd ever dared to say. Would you wonder at the pages left and all the places that they'll end bleed? Then vow to make each moment one that you'd be proud to read because there is a story of your life and it's you that holds the pen and I hope you fill the pages right before you've reached the end. And uh, yeah, and what, what I got out of that poem is like, imagine your life is a chapter. Like, so Dave, if your life was a book right now, what, what would you call that book? 
in the making. <laughs> in the making. I love that, man. I love that, yeah. So, like, if you had, like, if you were to think you had this book, right, and this is all, I always find this real motivated, and I used to write, like, a chapter from each, say, every five years of my life, right? But then the most, really, from now till next year, I'm like, what, what do I want the contents of that book to be? What do I want? I know it's motivating this because I was trying for the Ironman and I was really motivated by saying, look, I want people, I want to be able to tell people I've done an Ironman. I want to be able to tell people I started a mental health podcast. I want to be able to tell, tell people, I, you know, I was sending positive vibes. You know, I want to be able to tell people that I, that I help people. Like, I wanted this to be in my next chapter of my year. And I always find that real motivating. You know what I mean? When I'm able to say, really, what do I want the next chapter of my life to be about? I know we have the power to add into that story. You know what I mean? It's been making my decisions about motivating myself and saying, right, this is what I want to add to that story. No, it's it's a That's what I like to think as well about, about chapters in the book and what I'd like to put in the future. It's, I'll, like, I'll get you to send me on them two poems you share because they're actually very good. I enjoyed them. I never heard either of them, but they're very good. It's, it is about making the best, the best of your life and I know I heard, I was watching something yesterday with people talking about manifesting things and, and the, the secret, whatever. Fair enough, you want that, you do manifest these things, but things do take work and it's not about just manifesting things, sitting in your room and thinking that everything's going to come to you. Mm. You want, if you're training for that arm, man, it will take work, but it's work worth doing. If you want sobriety, it's worth work doing. If you want certain things in life, if you want to fill that chapter yeah. up and make it as, as busy as possible, as productive as possible, and to have a knock-on effect, like what do you want to be remembered for? All, the, the greatness of a man is to make every man feel great. Like that's for me is so profound because it's not about me feeling good. It's about if we can make as many people as possible feel good. If that's the impact I'll have is by making everyone feel great and making everyone feel as if they're special because everyone is special and everyone has endless potential and capabilities and everyone has creativity involved in But back to the book, it's about packing that chapter up every year and it's really I'm mean, looking like that myself in the future. I do look at that as it is, but about writing a chapter, what this year can entail, what this block of four years can entail, and five year, like if I was thinking of five year plans, that was hilarious when, when you're, when you're coming from addiction, it's like, what are the next five years going to plan, and thinking about logically, where are you going to go, what do you see yourself doing, and, and knowing that's going to happen, because knowing that, you know, capabilities to do it, and you know that you're, you trust yourself, you trust the universe, but you know you're, you're trust your capabilities, and you know that you can do anything you want, mm-hmm. once you have the head, the head, you can see it, you can see it, you can achieve it, yeah, no, that, that's so true. And I love what you said there as well, you know, that it's not always the easy options are the best options. Like, you know what I mean? And when I think about it, like all the all the great things in my life that lasted weren't easy or instant. You know, if you think of the instant easy things that make you feel good, they're probably not that good for you in the long run. Like you could say, now oh, I'll have this chocolate cake or I'll have this drink or I'll have this drug. You'll get instant gratification, but the consequences aren't good. You know, or you could say you could work for something. You could work for something and maybe a bit of self-sacrifice and and something could last a lot longer and benefit you a lot more. You know what I mean? And you have to think, would you rather would you rather a, a long prepared, long cooked meal or would you rather an instant pot noodle out of the microwave? Like what's gonna be better for you? You know what I mean? And and that's the thing that anything that's instant isn't usually that good or last that long, like you know what I mean? And uh the stuff that we work hard for and particularly around like we talk about character defects and that's all we needed to go through was an elimination process and people talk about adding stuff to their year, you know, new year's resolution new me i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that but for me it was like new year new me i'm gonna stop doing this i'm gonna stop doing that 
you know, if we had to drop a lot of core beliefs, a lot of uh, thought processes, a lot of patterns, you know, that didn't serve me anymore. They probably served me at some stage in my life, but they no longer did serve me. Like And, and, and recognizing them things, because we can get so numb to our own behaviors and our own patterns. I mean, I have to have that awareness and look internally. We're all mad about going on the external adventures, but what about the internal ones? And having a look in there and, and, and recognizing our own patterns and the way we think and the way we believe and the beliefs that we have. Look, I remember, this, this is an example of my madness. For years, you know, I remember I was going out with a girl and she was very, she said, oh, do you want to get an Indian? I was like, oh no, I don't, I don't like Indians. They're way too spicy, they're really hot. She goes, what Indian did you get? I said, oh, I never got an Indian actually in my life. He goes, how do you know they're spicy? Uh, one, of the, one of the lads came into the pub once a few years ago and had an Indian and he said they were mad spicy, he didn't like it. So from him telling me that, I just always believed I didn't like Indian food. And then, <laughs> just that's where it started. And that, and, and then I went and had an Indian and now I'm fucking, I love them. Can't beat a chicken corner, you know, uh, but uh, yeah. chicken tikka masala, incredible. What I'm using that as like a metaphor is that we have all these regiment on our beliefs in our belief system and our opinions but then it's like yeah, well, where did that stem from where, where did that product come from of your belief and that's what we had to the challenge so much so many things saying who am i why am i you know what i mean and it's like how yeah. am i you know and i started to look internally what what does it really mean and you could even say hey you're dave you're irish and what does it mean to be what's irish born in ireland what's ireland it's just a name that another country put on our where this this region is so so you're born born into that region means you have to act into certain unnegotiable behaviors which is a which is a which is a culture and you know and it's like you were, we're striving to be what we think we're meant to be rather than striving to be who we actually are you know what i mean and i think the more that we we thrive on this journey the more we get them that direction from that internal intrinsic kind of a uh, compass that we have on the inside just just this kind of very deep dive <laughs> no 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 yeah no but i'm enjoying i'm listening i'm enjoying what you're saying because i think about myself and it's about being able to be humbled by by your old beliefs they can they can die off and question what you think you know and and be open to, and i love listening to everyone else's perspectives now i have my own core beliefs core beliefs and morals but to be open to other people's perspectives and how they see things and listen to them and have conflict of interest and but then the conflict resolution be able to you have your opinion, I have my opinion, but at least we have common ground. We can still see swim together. We can do whatever we want. And yeah. to be able to open up, let your, be, and being humble is, is beautiful. Thinking you know something with you with the Indian and, and me with them numerous amounts of things to be like, right, that doesn't have to, that didn't save me. But that's only going against what I'm actually going, I believe myself. And it doesn't save anything in my life. It actually has caused me negative de defects. It's caused me yeah. det detrimental to me as a young person. Yeah, it's all true. It was done. But that's the thing, man, curiosity. Curiosity write it see where that will take it see where that curiosity will take it quit questioning everything everything about you that's that self inquiry go on that internal inquiry and just find out what you can ask them always ask them hells you know but Dave it's been absolutely powerful talking to you man we've gotten so and much you and you brother it's been good I really enjoyed that one yeah, it's been really, it's been really good, and I'll send you on them palms, and I'll definitely be joining you for the run rise sometime. Link you, but I'm looking forward to it. I'll get you onto my podcast. We got running when I start taking guests on as well. Oh, unreal, man! I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so check out Dave's podcast. It's called Palms.
Yeah, it stands for psychotic oddballs, experiences, memories, and stories. Brilliant, <laughs> 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 I love it, brother. Right, man, have a great day. A great night. Have a great day. Enjoy your night, brother. Much love. Talk to you soon. See you. Bye bye.